Hey everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. Today we're going to talk about a sometimes controversial topic that can um, cause some tension in the ranks, and that is worker classification. Whether you're uh, people that are working at the church, staff members, are an employee or an independent contractor, we are going to see what the IRS has to say about the topic because they are the ultimate authority on this and they determine who it is. But first, here's what PD1121 had to say about the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. Uh, This person says, if you are desperately searching the internet to figure out your role in church finances, then friends, stop your scroll and let Michelle clear up the mystery for you. Michelle takes the topic of finances, taxes, and business and simplifies it for everyone looking to serve their church in this capacity. So sit back, grab your notebook, and let Michelle clear up your confusion and end your desperate searching. (laughs) Thank you so much pd1121 whoever you are i love that pod that uh, review you absolutely made me smile and if you would like your review read online then please go to apple podcast and rate and review this show because it does help um, other people to find me so now on to today's episode let's do this welcome to the bookkeeping with a purpose podcast Hey there, I'm Michelle Brown, and I love all things Jesus, business, church finances, and books. I help church finance individuals just like you go from feeling confused and frustrated with what you don't know about church finances to being more confident in your role while increasing your proficiency and expertise in the church finance realm. In this podcast, you're going to find practical and biblically-based business solutions along with a healthy dose of encouragement and a little bit of faith and mindset work to help you think like the business professional God created you to be. So if you are ready to walk out the calling the Lord has on your life and your business while on the adventure of the lifetime, then you are definitely in the right place. Grab your notebook and a pen to take some good notes in the dream God gave you because we're doing this. Let's go. Hello, my wonderful church finance friend. Thank you so much for joining me again today for another episode. And we're going to jump right in today because this is a topic that is dear to my heart and that comes up over and over and over again in numerous conversations that I have with churches. And that is, are the people that are at the church an employee or an independent contractor? So the number one reason that churches write checks to the IRS is a breakdown in the compensation process that results in higher taxes, penalties, and professional fees to correct them. The three most common reasons why churches fall out of compliance. Are you ready? Tell me if you've heard any of these. Number one, this is the way we've always done it. Number two, we never knew any better, so we did what we thought was right. Or number three, our church has only had volunteer treasures, which has often changed. Well, when it comes to the IRS, those are not acceptable reasons. So today we are going to talk about whether someone is an employee or not. I will preface this by saying that the individual working for you, including your pastor, does not get to make this decision. The IRS determines whether they an employee or an independent contractor, and we're going to go over briefly in this episode how to tell the difference, okay? So the IRS, if you look at IRS Publication 1779, which I will put in the show notes, it talks about this very thing. 
It says for federal tax purposes, this is an important distinction, worker classification affects how you pay your federal income tax, social security and Medicare taxes and how you file tax returns, all right? So there are three things that the IRS looks at to determine worker classification. Behavioral control, financial control, and relationship of the parties. Let's start with behavioral control. Basically, if you have the right to tell someone how, when, or where to do their work, what tools or equipment they can use, what assistance to hire to help with the work, or where to purchase supplies and services, they are an employee. And this goes for the biggest question that I get and the biggest, I guess, pushback from churches is music ministers and musicians and youth and children's ministers. So my question to them is always, do you tell them what they can and cannot say to the children, what they can and cannot teach to the youth? Do you tell the music minister when he needs to show up for services? Do you give him a suggested, like a theme or suggest a music that they can play, that they can play and that they cannot play? Do they need to ha- be there for choir practice or praise band practice? Are they expected to be there every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night? That falls under the behavioral control. So if you answer yes to those questions, they are an employee. And nine times out of 10, these positions are going to be employees. All right. So the second question is financial control. Financial control is if you have a significant investment in your work, you may be an independent contractor. Like I am an independent contractor to the clients that I serve. All of my expenses are my business expenses. The client doesn't pay for them. They don't buy my software. They don't pay for my insurance. They don't buy my paper and my ink and my pens and my post-it notes. You know, those are unreimbursed business expenses that I have. And I have an opportunity for a profit or a loss. An employee doesn't have that. An employee goes to work. They draw a paycheck. The office supplies are supplied. The furniture for them to sit on is provided for, you know, they don't have to do all these things that an independent contractor does. And then the third thing that the IRS looks at is the relationship of the parties. This is, is there a written contract that shows what both you and the business intend? This can vary because there are employee contracts and you definitely should have a minister compensation contract, all right? But if the minister or the people that work for you, if they receive benefits such as insurance, pension plans, 401ks, if you get paid time off, if you get holiday pay, if you get um, especially an accountable reimbursement plan, you are absolutely an employee. So again, for more information on this, you can look at IRS Publication 1779. And you can also, if you just want to bite the bullet and go for it, you can send the IRS a description of the job description and they will determine for you in writing to forever be held (laughs) whether or not the individual is an employee or an independent contractor. So the church's responsibility to employees include the church has, and yes, the church does have a responsibility to the employees. It's not just the employees have to do certain things for the church, but the church needs to do certain things for the employees. Number one, they need to understand the rules that are applicable to the church starting with how the worker classification. They need to correctly report all taxable income and benefits for each employee. 
They need to report income in a manner that will minimize tax burdens to the employees. And they also serve as a third-party intermediary between the worker and the government, which means simply you withhold taxes from their paychecks it's your job to remit it. So the U.S. tax code determines who is an employee or an independent contractor, not the individual or the organization. And I have had, unfortunately, this conversation with some individuals, senior pastors, full-time, that is their job, is to minister and to support this church. And they say, I'm an independent contractor. No, you're not. Don't blame me. Talk to the IRS about it. And I hope that they do not get audited because there is a hefty fine for this. So there are rules to qualify as a minister for dual tax status treatment from the Internal Revenue Code. And what this does is we've talked about this when we talked about housing allowance. But the deal is that I wanna point out in this one is that the minister is treated as a common law employee for income reporting, French benefits and deducting expenses. And then he's treated as self-employed for social security and Medicare reporting. That's the only thing that they're considered self-employed for is for social security and Medicare reporting. Why? I honestly don't know, but that's the way that the IRS has done this. But in order for your staff, especially your ministers, to receive any type of fringe benefit whatsoever. They have to be considered a common law employee. And according to the IRS, very few ministers are totally self-employed. To be a truly self-employed minister, he needs to be in complete control of his performance of services and not meet a 20-factor common law employee test. If you want to, again, if you want to geek out with me, Revenue Ruling 87-41 is a 20-factor common law employee test or the IRS three-factor test that I just went over those three factors. So a quote from publication 15A, uh, which is the employer supplemental tax guide from the IRS, says generally you're an employee if the chart, again, this is in publication 15, you're an employee if the church or organization you perform services for has the legal right to control both what you do and how you do it, even if you have considerable discretion and freedom of action. This is where it gets the ministers. A lot of ministers say, well, I determine, I write my own sermon series, I do this, I determine when I'm going to do that, I'm going to do, you know, I do this, I use this translation. But if your church has the right, if your theological teaching is swerving off of if you're a particular denomination or even if you're non-denominational and you're going way off the deep end of what your church actually believes, if they have the right to fire you, then you are an employee. So you need to keep that in mind that, again, the church does not determine who is an employee or who's an independent contractor. The individual does not determine were they an employee or an independent contractor. The IRS does that. Please get this straight. And I speak to this to you just because I care about the churches. I care about protecting the churches. I care about making sure that this is done right because this is one of the absolute biggest issues with churches that will get you in trouble with the IRS. And I don't want to see that happen. Yes, I may make money, (laughs) more money when 
organizations get in trouble with the IRS because that's what my enrolled agent license is there for, is to help represent you before the IRS. But I don't want to have to do it, folks. I don't want to have to explain to them because so many things are in black and white. There's so much educational things available to you on the IRS website or in the IRS publications that clearly state who is an employee and who is an independent contractor. So I hope this um, was helpful to you. Again, I will put these publications in the show notes for you so that you can look at those, you can print them out, you can, or you can totally ignore them. But please don't be one of the churches who says, this is the way we've always done it. We never knew any better, so we did what we thought. Or we've only had volunteers. It's not an excuse, guys. It's not. Especially now that you've heard this. <laughs> it's kind of like when you hear the Bible, once you know the truth, your ignorance is no longer a valid excuse and you have to decide what you're going to do with the knowledge you've gained. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk with you, to help you. I pray that this episode has been helpful to you and that you can apply something that you've learned today to make your job easier or to at least give you confirmation of something that you already knew. So today we're just going to close with a prayer and I'm just going to pray for you and um, here we go. Father, thank you so much for each and every individual that is listening to this podcast. Lord, I pray that you would give them clear guidance on any employee decisions or worker classification decisions that they're needing to make. Please help them to have the discernment and sometimes the courage that they need to address these issues when they discover that they have been done wrong, Lord. Because once we know better, we need to do better, and especially as your children. Lord, please bless every single person who is listening to this. Please um, bless their churches, their ministry, and thank you so much for allowing me to do what I do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, same time, same place. Be blessed, friends. Bye-bye. Hey there, friend. Thank you for hanging out with me again for another episode of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. If this podcast has inspired you or helped you in any way, I sure would appreciate it if you would do me a couple of favors. Number one, if you would leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that really helps others to find my podcast and I would greatly appreciate it. And then number two, share this with someone who you think could benefit from it so that they can be encouraged as well and learn something new about Church Bookkeeping. So until next time, I hope you have the most fantastic day. Know how much you are appreciated and I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks. Bye-bye.